Following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned into Unity FM 93.5 here in Birmingham in the West Midlands and 105.1. Welcome to this evening's Parenting Hour session. My name is Kathleen Rochnagi and I'm with you for this hour indeed. And we're going to have another delightful topic and conversation. Hopefully you're all keeping well and safe and that you're inside uh, in the heat. It's very cold out there, although I think it's starting to rain now in my area anyway, whether it's raining for you or not. And you are well and safe and your families are well and safe also, inshallah. Um, this evening I have two wonderful guests here in front of me, so I can see them. Unfortunately, that's what's the privileges of lockdown now that we actually are doing this live over Zoom. And I have my two guests here in front of me and they're ready to go. They've been busy working all day, but they're still giving up their time to be able to get information across to you about the importance of infant mental health. And I know we talk a lot about mental health here in the show, but we never talk about it enough, really. We should keep talking about it and especially about infant mental health and the importance of that, because that's the foundation for life for children. Is that right, Rachel? So I've got two lovely Rachels here in front of me. Both of them are nodding and both of them are smiling. So uh, welcome to this evening's show. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you, Kathleen. Yes, it's very confusing that we have two Rachels here this evening, but I'm sure we'll we'll manage. Uh, yes, indeed. So um, I'll just say who I am and then maybe he's other Rachel as well. So I'm Rachel Pardo and I'm a, a child psychotherapist I specialise really in doing work with parents and infants, and I live and work in Bristol. Rachel, do you want to? Okay, thank you. Hi, so my name is Rachel Allender, and I am also a child and adolescent psychotherapist. Um, and I've recently joined a perinatal team in covering Bristol and the surrounding areas. Um, yeah, and I, I live locally to Bristol as well. So it's really nice to be here joining you this evening. And yes, and Rachel, other Rachel, has joined us very last minute. It's great that she could be here. It's, uh, it's helpful that we can talk to each other and receive any questions or thoughts that you have if you call in. That would be, would be lovely. Wonderful. Uh, we so, love, yeah. We love so, that conversation. I'll just remind the listeners of the number to call in. So, yeah. it is the same number. It's 021 um, if you are ringing outside Birmingham, you need to put the 0121, so please remember that. But we would love your calls this evening from wherever you're tuned in so that we can make it interactive and learn more. And maybe you have some specific questions that you want to ask. Please do. We have experts here. How seldom do we have? Well, we do have a lot of experts, I shouldn't say seldom, but it's great having these experts here this evening uh, here in front of us to be able to give us up-to-date information and talk also about the infant mental health website that's just been launched, which we'll come to in a little bit later on. So, Rachel, can I ask you first, uh, why is, did you come into the into psychology and then into infant mental health? Yes, well, it's always interesting thinking about why we come into these things, isn't it? And I think it's often for quite personal reasons and then just things that happen to us in life and I guess you know when I was um, at school and late adolescence I think adolescence is often a difficult time for many people and it certainly wasn't easy for me and, but I was very fortunate that I had 
um, helpful adults around me and I was able to get some therapy, therapeutic help from um, an adult in my when I was about 18, 19 and I thought this is so helpful. I was going to go and study psychology at university anyway, I wanted to do that but I thought this kind of work, I'd really like to be able to do something like this to help people in the way that I have been. And I particularly was interested in working with children. I just thought if we can start early on in life with parents and infants and small children, really we can do so much to change things. And I, so that was really my inspiration. And I think going to university and then uh, working with children, um, I worked in a residential school for children who had a lot of difficulties um, and uh, we're in two schools, in fact. And that kind of really gave me an idea of the kinds of struggles that families are, are really up against and how much support people need. So I think then when I went on to train in child psychotherapy, which is a long training, as other Rachel knows as well, <laughs> it's a long training. Um, but it really helps us to develop some some skills to equip ourselves but we're always learning and we learn from you and i noticed actually um that we have got kathleen we've got a caller and i'm wondering at what point we want to take a caller there is somebody waiting so that's fantastic i wonder if we could just quickly say something about kind of what infant mental health is maybe before we exactly. take a call it's really nice because it is a funny term isn't it infant mental health. What on earth does that mean? We talk about adult mental health issues and problems, but for infant, and actually what we mean by it is how well a child develops socially and emotionally, how they develop in those early years. And what we're thinking about is how a baby that's born into a family, is born into a particular family, in a particular community, and a culture and maybe a religion too. And it's how that baby grows and develops and how we hope that that little baby becomes a child who can develop close and secure relationships with adults and with peers and can understand something about their feelings and emotions so they're not too overwhelmed, can experience feelings, but also manage them a bit and explore the environment and learn. So these three things of close, secure relationships, managing emotions, because we all struggle with emotions, and exploring, <laughs> yes, absolutely, and exploring your environment. So these are all crucial things for children. And by infant mental health, we mean being able to do those things. Rachel, I don't know whether you want to add anything to that, thinking about infant mental health. Yes, I, I was thinking about the sort of foundations for future longer term mental health. So, you know, thinking with the the, um, the children that I work with now, they're under a year old, so from birth to a year old. And really, it's about sort of what can we do at that stage to promote, as you say, those sort of three areas for the sort of long term, you know, to promote mm. good mental health throughout that child's life. And that's working with the child, but also their parents, the wider family and thinking about all of the factors that impact upon that child's development and well-being. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
it is, isn't it? And maybe we will take in our caller in a minute to be actually thinking of that wider community. Today I was doing some training on cultural competences and it is just thinking of all the different cultures we have out there and how we mm. can address what we're doing to meet those cultural needs and the importance of understanding different cultural needs, especially in, in the field that we're working in, in, in mental health and and maternal health as well and perinatal area, especially Rachel is working in that area in the perinatal field mm-hmm. um, and understanding that and how can we be better so that our statistics will change rather than five times more or two times more that we have get better statistics for working and helping our parents, especially our moms and our babies in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I wonder, can we link in our caller, um, yes. you, as, as we're talking here, if you could let our caller join us. Maybe our caller is still... I'm I'm still here. Oh, you're still here. Hello. <laughs> I, I know that. Salaam alaikum. salam, Maria. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm really pleased to be hearing such wonderful um, speakers talking about infant mental health. Really excited to be part of the call and, and so pleased that it's something that's being focused on. Thank you and thank you for ringing in. Maybe you can explain to our professionals here your background and your interest in this field. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Maria and I'm a psychotherapist. So I've been working with approachable parenting, um, gosh, since 2012, I think, um, when I was actually doing my master's in psychology. Um, I actually work with adults at the moment, but I have a special interest um, in perinatal mental health. So I do both work voluntarily with um, NCT and also work as a parenting practitioner with approachable parenting. I'm one of the co-developers of the Pregnancy and Beyond course, mm-hmm. um, which was a fantastic course to be involved with and pilot. And, um, yeah, I think my interest is really from going on from what Rachel was saying, my interest is from the, the women's health perspective, the perinatal mental health perspective, the caregiver's perspective, how we can best support um, and what we can do in terms of our own mental health um, and then the things that we do to support and encourage and nurture those children, those babies and those infants so that they grow to be emotionally stable and form those secure relationships um, mm. so that they have good mental health as babies, as infants, and long into adulthood, as um, the other Rachel said, because it does have long-term impact. Great. That's a, a big question there, indeed. Maybe we'll have a conversation around this and join into conversation, mm. Maria, when um, both Rachels have explained a little bit more around that. Great. Powerful question. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you, Maria, for your interest. And actually, I, I am really impressed with the work that uh, I can see you're doing and on your website, your lovely video, uh, and talking about the five pillars and how you're linking in very much with your community and the culture there. And I think that it's, it's um, you know, what you're offering is really quite unique, actually. So I, I'm, I'm glad that that's available to people in your area. And Rachel and I are both, you know, I worked in um, children, child and adolescent mental health for many years and then in perinatal services. And Rachel, you're in perinatal services now and you were, what were you doing before that? 
I was also in the child and adolescent mental health service before. So, um, yes. yeah, sort of similar experiences in that sense. And I was just thinking, as um, Maria was saying, I was thinking about that kind of dual focus of how we, you know, in order to to promote our infants kind of well-being and development, we need to think about how our mums and our dads are doing mm. as well. And I think often we can, um, we, we focus a lot on mums, which is fantastic, but I think it is really important to keep dads in mind as well and the wider family. Um, but how we sort of work with, with, I suppose, infant and parent, keeping that dual focus. And I think it can be a really tricky task sometimes to do that, but I think it's so important because the two link so closely. So I just, yeah, wanted to pick up on that point really. That yes, very yeah. well. How can we do that? How can we do that better in linking in? Because it actually, it is when you look, especially you know, babies just born, and for months later on, as mom and dad, they're they're really the inner circle of this this world. So how can we look after baby by looking after mom or or, or mix it, vice versa, looking after mom to look after baby? Yes, well, I think it's it's really important that we work with whoever the main caregivers in the family, and you know, I, I absolutely agree, Rachel, that we need to be involving dads wherever we we can. And research shows how important that is for a child's development. Actually, their father being involved from the beginning in infancy is really really helpful to a child growing up. And I think. What we, I mean, what we do in our parent-infant work is, you know, seeing parents with their infants and really thinking about what the infant might be wanting to do, wanting from us. What can we see in terms of, you know, is the infant wanting to be held, wanting us to talk to them? Are they enjoying the eye contact? Uh, what What is making them smile if they smile? What is, you know, what is the baby wanting? What are we seeing? And it's so much about, actually, about observing and helping parents, supporting parents, to really look at, observe their baby, get to know your baby, getting to know your baby. There's a, there's a, Dillis Dawes is a child psychotherapist who was one of the people who really influenced me in my training. And she's written a couple of really lovely books. And one is called Finding Your Way with Your Baby. And I think the very title of that uh, embodies what this is about. It's about finding your way with your baby. And each baby is unique and each family is unique. So there's no kind of, it's not like we can go in as parent infant therapists or family support workers or perinatal mental health, whatever we are, and just say, oh, yes, this is what you have to do. It's not like that. What we want to do is support parents in getting to know their baby finding their way mm -hmm. and that is a wonderful concept but it's very hard for a, to change cultures probably that has been ingrained in years um, and not just in minority cultures but even my own culture I, I remember stories of my mother would say about others not about us thank god but about other mums and her generation that the baby was left in the pram outside all day <laughs> and the babies, they're just, you just leave them there, you're spoiled and if you take them up. So just feed them, change them and leave them down. That's it, because you're spoiled by them. So how do we go about changing that and unpicking that, that block of ice, that I can see that iceberg there, of generations that have 
come with these concepts? Yes, well, I think that unfortunately there's an awful lot is said, isn't it, about how to do parenting. And some of it is really not based on any research or evidence at all. And over the last 50 years, there's been a huge amount of research into what actually works, what helps infants to develop well, how, you know, what creates infant mental health. And we understand a lot more about that. So I think, yes, there were some old ideas um, about, you know, feeding your baby every four hours, not picking them up when they cry sort of myths about making a rod for your back, spoiling them, as you say, Kathleen, that kind of thing. And we do know from the research evidence over many years now that actually it's sensitive, responsive caregiving that really helps a baby to develop well. And actually, if we want a baby to be able to manage, to become more independent or able to play on their own, they need to have had a very attentive, responsive caregiving first. You don't just become independent, able to play, able to learn, able to manage your emotions all by yourself. No, you don't. You do it in relation with a caring adult. Would Rachel, would you do you have anything yeah, to add to that? Absolutely. And I was just sort of thinking about the word that came to my mind um, when you were talking about Dilly Storr's book. I was thinking about curiosity and mm. how if we can sort of encourage parents to be curious about their babies, I think that's always a good starting place because it's about... I often talk with parents about kind of learning from and about their baby. And there's so much that can be learned from babies. And sometimes that can feel like a bit of a novel or new idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, often babies are seen as little beings who eat a lot and sleep a lot. And actually, there's so much more that babies can do if we allow ourselves to have that time to be a bit curious, to look at the way they move the sounds they make or how they respond and then for us to also be curious about how we feel when we're with that baby so I think yeah an idea of sort of curiosity and wondering and and being open to to learning about um, your baby and and yourself and how you respond to your baby uh, yes how can yes. we how can we develop that curiosity uh, Mary what do you think in our communities is there I know there's no magic wand here but is there ways we can try and develop that in our parents in our community to to develop that curiosity because that's really lovely isn't it to, to be curious and to wonder and think and reflect and think about your baby. What do you think, Maria? Yeah, I love that word, curiosity. It is about being curious. And I think as well about respecting the baby. Often, particularly in certain cultures, we see the baby as the baby, not the individual that it is. Um, so being able to respond and respect the baby, communicate with the baby just as we would with others, I think is really important. If we can try and encourage that um, within our communities slowly and through showing them the research and through shoot, sorry, through showing them how actually how easy it is to do that. It's not a difficult thing to do. Um, and it brings so much joy to the, the parent or the caregiver, to the extended family, but also how beneficial it is for the, the infant themselves to be able to do that. So just being able to, simple things like play um, or when you're talking to them or changing their nappy, just talking to them about what you're doing um, 
and and almost asking their permission. So you're encouraging a two-way conversation, even though we know the baby's not going to respond. But eventually, that baby will be looking at you, will be looking at caregiver and smiling and responding in that way. And that helps to nurture a really good relationship and a good bond. Yes. And Mary, do you think that there, there is issues, other issues? I know we're talking about play there. Is there other issues like before you cut off, I just want to grab you on that <laughs> and we'll bring it back to our Rachel's in the community that both our professionals here today can help us with to, to overcome. You mentioned play. Is there, a, and we'll talk about play and the importance of that. Is there other things that, um, that we've come across that you think, oh, uh, uh, you know, we really need to work on that. We really need to help our community understand that. I think just generally, the idea of mental health in adults as well as with infants is quite a difficult concept, mm. particularly in the cultures um, and the the people that we work with. <clears throat> it is getting better, but mm. I think that's something that does need to be broken down. And that idea of that baby having mental health just as um, the baby has physical health, just as we have physical health. So trying to help them understand that. I think one of the other difficulties that we have not with everybody, but certainly in more traditional um, cultures like ourselves. We have parents and we have family situations, extended families, where we've got lots of caregivers, lots of people trying to put the input into parenting so they may have more traditional views. And there's also that um, those pressures of trying to maintain a lovely home, trying to maintain all of the caregiving for the extended family, cooking, cleaning, all of those things is a very traditional role, particularly that the mother might have and the father may have a particularly traditional role going out to work and being that sort of um, that sort of role. So what we need to do is make sure that people are encouraged to notice that actually those things are important. Yes, we need to provide for the child um, in terms of having a roof over their head, in terms of clothing, food, but actually this is just as important in terms of giving them emotional security and giving them that social development, giving them the skills that they need now and in later life. Yes, brings up a lot lots lots to think about. You've raised masses, Maria, in that. But I things I'm thinking about is just that, you know, when you're a parent of very of a baby or small children, you know, it's it's very, very full on. It's a very um, demanding, taxing time. There's a yeah, lot of pressure on you. You're trying to manage so much and often on very little sleep. And especially for parents who don't, mm. if there's been any difficulties around pregnancy and birth, um, you know, or their own mental health, you know, really struggling. It's very common for people, both mothers and fathers, to experience mental health problems very common indeed much more common than people think and i understand what you're saying that there's an element of you know perhaps a stigma around mental health in in some for some people and i think um really accepting that actually you know for all of us life is a is a journey and there's going to be difficulties there are, nobody has a perfect childhood nobody comes through life without difficulties and struggles some people have a lot more than others, a lot more than their fair share. But for all of us, it's, it is a journey and it's something we need help with along the way. 
we all need help with along the way. So I think something about being able to ask for help is really, really important. That's not about being weak or vulnerable, but actually there can be a strength in seeking help when you need it. And particularly when you're a parent, I think, because, you know, we do struggle. It's a very, it's a tough time. And to be there for our infants, we need to be in a reasonable state ourselves. So we need support. We need to take off some of this idea that we have to be perfect parents. It's not about being perfect. I'm always saying this. I, I deliver training courses and supervise people as well as doing my own um, work with parents. But I think one of the most important messages is that there's no thing as a perfect parent. And actually, you know, that the normal, the normal um, daily parenting where moments you're able to respond sensitively and whatever to really be there with your baby at other times you know the phone's ringing or you've got to deal with the, the food on the cooker or whatever it is and you don't of course you don't respond every single moment of the day in the best possible way you actually need to the baby will recognize that you're going to come back again and a baby who receives good care for most of the time will be able to manage times when the parent can't be tuned to them and actually that's very healthy and helps them develop i think that's a lovely way of rounding it off before we're going to break it's so fast harsh so we go into commercial break very quickly we're nearly in commercial break now i'm not sure maria if we're going to lose you over commercial break but thank you so much for ringing in and giving your contributions i actually has stimulated a lot of uh, topics there that we can pick up after the break and work through all those uh, points that you mentioned earlier on so thank you for that maria um, we will be coming back to the show. Indeed, listeners, after this commercial break, do ring in if you would like to have some expert advice on 0121 772 8892.